Well, hello and welcome back to our Conversations podcast. My name's Micah and I'm here today with Corey. Hi, everyone. And the whole idea behind these podcasts is to let folks in on some of the conversations we have around the office about the type of people we believe God's calling us to be. The last time we were together like this, we talked about the vision that we think God's called us to, uh, for the near future at least. And today, which if you didn't hear it, is doing whatever it takes to help people find Jesus. And today we thought we'd use our time together to talk about some of the common obstacles, the, the barriers that people who don't know Jesus might run into as as they start moving towards him. And so this is really taking out of this series that we've been going through where we've been talking about God's heart, that he is desperate to reach people who don't know him. And so that, of course, lines up with what doing whatever it takes to reach people uh, so that they could find Jesus too. So, for example, one of the barriers that we talked about recently was cultural barriers. And I'm reminded of a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 19 to 23. There are a few powerful statements that Paul makes there about how desperate he is to be relevant Mm. to people. And he uses phrases like this. Though I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And then he speaks about some different type of people groups and that he'd do anything to win them. And later on, he wraps it up by saying, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. There's that word all that keeps popping in. And so we've been using this series calling it all in. And that could be like our theme verse, all things, all possible means, I might save some. Uh, I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So first barrier then is a cultural barrier that we need to become relevant to the people that we're trying to reach. Now, churches are notorious for being things like, well, what would you say, behind the times? Uh, irrelevant? Out as, of touch? As we've been talking about it, I mean, the uh, as I was kind of engaging with you about this, Corey, you helped me understand that when you say that there is a, a cultural barrier, what you're really meaning isn't necessarily that there's a difference between uh, us and them, although there is, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what you're saying is that some of the ways we do things, talk about things, the language we use, it's a little bit insidery. It's mm. it's inside baseball. There, it's almost like there's a, a subset of the English language that we speak around church that people from who, who don't have a history of being at church would have no idea what we're talking about. So, like, I wonder, what what does somebody think when we talk about becoming washed in the blood? I was just going to say that one. Right? I mean, that's one of the classic ones, right? Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean... And takes off a whole lot of good biblical material there, for sure. There's not one of us who wouldn't say that one day we were. It was like we were washed in the blood. But what is somebody who's outside here when we say something like that? And, of course, those of us who attend church know that we mean that the sacrifice of Christ, of Jesus Christ, cleansed us of our sin. Yeah. Right? Okay, we can kind of get that, although nobody these days says cleansed. But... I mean, it, it cleaned us up. It got rid of it. it all that. But when we say, you know, washed in the blood, that, that sounds like something that should be reserved for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Washed in the blood. Come to the altar, whatever yeah. the altar is. And there's too many examples to name. But these can be barriers. These can be roadblocks. People don't understand what we're talking about. Our music can be mm-hmm. irrelevant to people. If it's not the stuff that people are listening to. That would be one area of relevance. Can you think of any others there? Well, even Lots within the music, I mean, you need a, 
We need to identify like the the hymns that we sing. They're so biblical. They're rooted on solid foundations. And yet, as you said, if it's not in a way that people can understand, it, it's it's totally irrelevant. The some of our church governance structures, you know, there's labels and topics that we use around here that people just don't. Unless you're in the church, you've got you have a leadership what and a, a board of deacons, deacons, deek what? Uh, they're faking it. There's all these languages that we just don't get outside of the church. One of the things that I get consistent feedback on from people who are new to our congregation or just visiting maybe for the first or second or third time, and whether they're able to to stay with us for the journey or they're in and out of our lives, what I hear from them is, I understand this. I get it. Yeah. They may not agree with it or they may not like it, but at least they get it. It they understand it or it wasn't what they expected. I talked to a couple on Sunday who are here for the, we're here for the first time and they said they hadn't been to church in like 20 or 30 years. It was an mm-hmm. older couple. And I said, well, you know, it's probably not like we, what you left it. And what I get from people is that's okay. Yeah. That they want us to speak their language. They want the music and the surroundings to, they want technology to not dominate, but at least be a vehicle by which we communicate. Yeah. So how can we do our best to be relevant to the people that we're trying to reach? And that goes pretty closely to the very core of the gospel message that uh, Jesus came and his saving message makes a difference in your life today. Mm. If the way that we are talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is relevant to how you lived your life 50 years ago, but not to today, it, like we, need to, we need to make sure that mm. what we're saying is reflected in how we practically live life. There was a story I shared. I don't think it made the podcast this week, but it was a story of uh, just last week in our house we've got a little marker board that's set up in the kitchen it's crucial for our interfamily communication yeah. where are you what are you doing and it it was great i came in and my youngest son luke he made a brilliant masterpiece he's a picasso in the making i know the beautiful blue that spattered all over i wish i'd taken a picture of it it was all over the marker board <laughs> this labyrinth of stuff the problem was he written in permanent marker uh-oh. <laughs> and it's been a nightmare to try. I think that it, we got to scrap the board. But it was a nightmare to try to get up because it was only ever meant to be used as a per, as a as a dry erase marker. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be a permanent marker. And it's funny how we as a church, speaking big C church, whole church, we've written some things with permanent marker that never were meant to be. Our style. Yeah. Right, it can change the heart of the good news of Jesus. It doesn't change. Yeah. We will always here at Emmanuel Baptist Church be orthodox, orthodox in theology, but hopefully unorthodox in practice. Well, and that's because our culture is becoming less and less orthodox. Yeah, it's less and less ordered. Life is crazier and nuttier than ever before, uh, and busier. And trying to get the gospel to people is important enough that we leave the things that we're comfortable with. So that people can understand it, much like what Paul said. So, I mean, the language I'm using around that now these days is, let's not write in permanent marker stuff that God never meant for us to write in permanent <laughs> marker. Uh, the next barrier that uh, I talked about was the judgment barrier. And that is the propensity of every human being 
and even those who are naming the name of Jesus, to judge other people. And that is a, such a huge turnoff to people. They, people don't feel accepted. There are groups of people out there that would never darken the door of a church. Because why? They think that they're just going to judge me there. They're going to yeah. judge me for what I think. They're going to judge me for my lifestyle. I won't fit in. They won't accept me. And there's a, a sharp distinction between calling ourselves to repentance, those of us who follow Jesus, and refusing to sit on the judgment seat, right? Uh, that seat is only ever meant to be occupied by the Holy Spirit, right? Like that calling, judging people, is that's not our job. But calling ourselves to repentance, taking a, a you know, as the parable of Jesus, dealing with the plank in our own eye before we start dealing with other people's specks. Uh, but it's really hard, though, isn't that's it? A real, yes, it is hard, but it's so important to who we are in our own spiritual growth. I think when we draw close to people who are still seeking after Jesus or have yet to find him, we're going to find there's stuff in their lives, there's habits in their life. And you say to yourself, I wouldn't, wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. I wouldn't run my family like that, or I wouldn't have that habit in my yeah. life. And it's so difficult not to put that on them and say, oh, but isn't this a problem? You should change this and you should change that. Or again, saying to them, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't talk like that. Yeah. Um, that's the sort of thing that can turn people off instead of saying, hey, listen, this is just, this is who you are. I'm not that person or I don't do it that way or I may not agree with it, but I like you. Yeah. an awful lot and there's something really attractive about you that i want to get to know you better and i think that there's something amazing in terms of potential in your life yeah that's the sort of thing that you know you really can win a lot of people over by just simply accepting them absolutely the um uh as you were talking about that one of the things i was thinking about is how frequently i have been on the receiving end of somebody sharing with me how they view another person's life and then getting to be there a little bit later when the same complication enters their life. So what do I mean? Uh, being very vague, I can remember somebody talking to me once about their, somebody else's kids. And you know, if they were just following biblical mandates on how to raise kids, these issues wouldn't show up. Well, when their own kids got a little bit older, all of a sudden their rock-solid guidance became a little bit more shaky. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've learned that we need to sit a little bit closer to people, draw close to people, as you were saying, so that we can understand what it's like in their shoes. One other example in my life, there are a bunch of people who are struggling with employment. Mm. And, and that's, I'm putting it mildly. They're having real trouble finding a job. And it's I have to hold back that that judgment to say, well, you know, one of the first things you need to do is go get go out there and get a job because it's not A, it's not so easy for them. And I B, it's like a test for me. Can I accept the fact that it's difficult for them for whatever their circumstance is to not get a job, but still see something valuable and such great potential in them? And so who knows, maybe, maybe I'll get a chance to help them find employment someday. Or maybe as they find Jesus, that they'll find a job at the same time. Maybe they'll, it'll be such a transformation in their life 
that the job offers will get pouring in. But I've it's a it's a struggle. I've got to say to myself, don't judge them for yeah. not having a job. So that would be one micro example of withholding judgment. Absolutely. Uh, now, building on that and very closely related to uh, understanding what people's lives are like is this barrier number three that we want to talk about. We call it communication. I guess you could kind of substitute the phrase listening. Yeah, I think it. that's a good way to put it because too often for me that I've got stuff I want to say to them, people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And it could be about how great their life could be if Jesus were in it. Uh, the questions that I have that Jesus has answered for me. But it's so important to put a hold on that, to listen to, well, what questions do you have? Yeah. What's going on in your life? What questions you have? Now, you had an interesting experience this weekend uh, where you were off in another context, and I think that it's a good illustration of that. Sure. So uh, I had the privilege this past weekend of uh, supporting my home church, the one I kind of grew up in. Uh, I got to preach there this weekend, and one of the things I hadn't realized is that they're used to, say, 40-minute sermons, mm. uh, which for people who know me know that's a, a bit of a stretch. Oh, I think that I think that you're speaking longer now. You're doing great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I've stretched myself to like 23 and a half minutes. Uh, so we got talking about how to fill in the last 10 minutes, and we decided to do a Q&A. And so one of their pastors from that church and I, after I finished speaking, I uh, got to sit down and actually take questions about life, the universe, and everything. So uh, you could have spoken to them for 10 minutes, a one-way communication, right? You to them, but yeah. you chose to, hey, do you have any questions? Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a beginning step. One of the things I don't like about it is that it sets me and the other pastor up as, you know, the know-it-alls. We right. get to talk about, well, okay, come to us with your questions, small child. And that's not really what we want to be promoting, but uh, yeah, it at least begins that communication channel. Yeah, so that's a barrier that we need to just get talking with people, have dialogue with people, really listen to what their interests are, what their questions are. That is a key step in people coming to know Jesus, I think. Absolutely. And perhaps one of the most painful ones for uh, people who've been in the church for a long time is this barrier of credibility. I wish we didn't have to talk about this. Oh, man. And what we mean by this is that if we were to be honest, in the over the last couple of generations, as the church has encountered mass media and our behaviors and whatnot have been able to be broadcast all through our North American culture, We've often blown it, not just in the dim, dark past, but even recently. And the evangelical church in North America, with those that we are trying to reach, has developed a credibility gap. Uh, if we were all about just pulling up the drawbridge and closing the castle doors and you know keeping the fortress safe, that wouldn't be such a big thing. But at the very core of who we are, this Great Commission exists given to us by Jesus himself, about going to people. Mm. And we now have this credibility gap. So our greatest tool in this battle or in, in this project is humility. we got to stay humble. we got to be willing to admit, hey, listen, my life is not what it should be, and we can be more specific than that. 
and churches, Christians have not been who they should be. So I talked on Sunday a little bit about the stereotype that Christians are all Christians, hate-filled hypocrites, right? Yeah, yeah. And because sometimes it can feel the view from outside uh, that they are. Um, I don't think it's true, but it can feel that way sometimes. And sometimes the view from inside ain't much better. Yeah. But if we stay humble and accepting correction from each other, and even by times accepting correction from those outside the church, and it's saying, listen, do you realize how you come across when you say it that way? Or do you do realize how you come across when mm. you tell us you believe this? And really listening to them and saying, well, maybe we can communicate better. Yeah. Maybe we can do better. Now, one of the greatest ways to uh, that I'll finish with here in bridging the credibility gap is for us to perform simple, genuine acts of love in Jesus' name, whether it is feeding the poor or it is clothing uh, those that don't have clothing, helping people with finances, giving shelter to the homeless. These things actually help the credibility gap to be breached a little yeah. bit more. Uh, over the years, every once in a while, I found myself dragged into a topic or two. And when that starts to happen, uh, I've got this phrase that goes through my head, and it's a really old one talking about being irrelevant. But the phrase is, stick to your knitting. Uh, and that is a reminder to myself, from myself, of I've got a very specific job here. And instead of getting involved in all kinds of whatever and whoever's or fun project, if I stick to what I'm supposed to be doing, it actually helps life go better. You know, I've, I've been, I think, uh, given a task. Uh, I believe, called to do a task by God. Uh, and if I stick to that, it goes well. And in a similar way, the Church of Jesus Christ has been given several tasks. Take care of the poor, the widows, the orphans. Uh, reach people with the gospel. Those kind of things we read in the New Testament. And the temptation of the church is to get involved in all kinds of things that aren't related to uh, ministering the gospel. And every once in a while, I want to say to ourselves, you know what, let's get back to what we're supposed to be doing, the, the vision that God's laid before us, so that we can carry the gospel to people, do what's actually important, not necessarily what just caught our eye this week. And finally, it's it's really not about us. We can't bring the barriers no. down by what we do or what we say. It's really the work of God's Holy Spirit. And so we need to pray and depend on God. That's, that's really what it's all about. Uh, only in partnership with the Spirit can this stuff can we ever bridge these gaps and breach these barriers? Well, if you're part of our community here, we hope that you're uh, encouraged by this, that this is resonating with what the Spirit is leading uh, all of us to, and that you are constantly praying with us that God will give us a chance to keep reaching people for Him. And if you're just listening from, well, anywhere in the world, uh, we hope that God gives you a chance to lead somebody to Him very soon. God bless you all. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, well, that was a rough start. <laughs> it can only go uphill from here. <laughs> Downhill, whatever. <laughs>